Hey there, I am coming back at you with another monthly audio newsletter. This time I'm coming at you live from Houston. Totally unexpected. I was supposed to be doing this from home actually probably a few days ago. But, uh, you know, I'm in Houston in a hotel room near the airport, and there is a backstory as to why that is happening. I will mention right now that um, you may have seen on Instagram, uh, if you haven't already yet, go check it out, that I, I was in Mexico. I was in Zihuatanejo, and it was an incredible trip and really had a good time. My first international trip, in fact, since the pandemic started. Really needed it. Amazing. Um, so yeah, I actually ended up deciding to stay a few extra days when my husband's son and my son's friend all went home as planned on Sunday. I stayed behind and um, I kind of wanted to do a few more things and I'll, ta- I'll talk more about that. But there was a crazy series of events on the way back and I got stranded yesterday, last night, and I won't be home until tonight. So I'm doing this live from here and Uh, Yeah, you might be wondering why I titled this installment Bonnie, Barbara, and Bill. You'll have to listen until the end to find out because I think what I'm going to do is tell a little travel story. But first, I'll do my usual thing. I'll give some brief updates, um, you know, give you some info like I always do. But then I'm going to do some good old-fashioned storytelling about travel, which feels appropriate since this is a travel-based newsletter. And by the end of that story, you'll understand the title, Bonnie, Barbara, and Bill. So if you have time, grab a tea or a coffee, uh, get a blanket, and uh, cozy up for story time. Mind you, I'm on five hours of sleep, and I'm doing this spontaneously and off the cuff. So it may not be like the best constructed story you've ever heard, but it's basically like a modern-day planes, trains, and automobiles, if you're old enough to know that movie reference. Um... It's got, you know, all those kind of elements. There's unexpected twists and turns. There's some drama, uh, kind of bizarre, <laughs> bizarre twists and turns. It does have some jet set Lizette miles and points uh, finagling because it wouldn't be a travel story in my life without miles and points factoring in. I've got some lessons learned. And, you know, in the end, though, it always comes back to what I love about travel, even in these kinds of situations where things go totally wrong. There's always this like, I don't want to say silver lining, but there's always a part of it that I'm like, oh my God, that was so cool that that happened. Sometimes it's when the things go wrong that you like find these gems. So I'm going to tell the story. I decided why not? I should just talk about it because the Instagram is showing all the fun, pretty stuff. And you know, the reality, as we all know, as travelers is that there's times where you're like, what in God's name is actually going on right now? And will I ever get home? Okay. So Also, I want to mention I'm doing this, like I said, on my phone. I don't have a laptop with me. I will not be doing any audio editing. So this is going to be raw tape if I, you know, which is perfect because I'm practicing for my traveling my roots project. And I really on, you know, for that project, I want to just do informal audio recordings, little sound bites from the road and not be like getting all OCD about editing and stuff like that. So This is great. I'm just going to do this on five hours of sleep. I'm not going to edit it. So this is Lizette unfiltered. Okay. Um, So first of all, let's do some updates. And like I said, I have sort of some notes, but not really. So let me just remind myself, since I last did this audio newsletter, I did release two episodes of the Globetrotter Lounge. If you haven't seen those yet, 
they're really fabulous, at least in my opinion. Episode 60 was with Terrell Lozada. She is an American an American artist living in Paris. And she talks about what it's been like living in France during the pandemic, you know, has a lot of great tips for those interested in experiencing Paris long term, which is a personal goal of mine. Um, lots of great information in there and just really enjoy talking with her. Um, so check that out. Episode 61 was with Michaela Malazzi. It just released, I believe, last week. Yep. And I talked to returning guest Michaela Malazzi, who's an Emmy Award winning host and executive producer of Bare Feet. One of my favorite travel series because it highlights dance while traveling. And I'm a dancer, so I've danced my whole life if you haven't caught that yet. So she talks about the third season, which isn't the current season. She's about to release season five. But the third season was her whole DNA travel season, which fascinated me because I'm going to do DNA travel. So I asked her about that experience. Plus, we just really like talking. <laughs> so it's, I think it's one of my longer episodes, but not too long. Um, talks about her upcoming season also. And we talk about a really cool thing I get to join her on in May. So in Ireland. So yeah, you should listen to that if you haven't yet. Um, so yeah, check those out. You can go to jetsetlazette.com or you can just find the episodes on your favorite podcast player. Let's see. Next, traveling my roots updates. So the big update I would say is I got to meet with someone who I really enjoy, Lola Akimade. She is the one that I interviewed, episode 43, I believe it was. She's amazing. She's a National Geographic photographer. She, well, she's so many things. She's a storyteller. She's written, she's written books. She has an amazing new book out right now called In Every Mirror, She's Black, and it's getting so much recognition out of the gate. I'm just starting reading it. It's amazing so far. Highly recommend. I'm going to put that on my what I'm reading list at the end of my uh, this newsletter that you got. So she and I met. I decided to bring her on as a consultant. She's got a great online school. I'll put the link to that in the notes because I'm tired and I can't remember the name of it. Sorry, Lola, if you're listening, but I will put the link to it. She's... A I almost remembered for a minute, something Media Academy. Anyway, I went to her website. I knew that she was doing different things. She has some online courses and I saw that she would do some consulting. And because she's an amazing both visual and written storyteller, she's done tons of travel photography, tons of travel stories. Incredible, incredible, incredible. Just check her out. She's written you know, a number of books, just really cool. And she's an amazing speaker. Um, and I've, you know, as I said, I interviewed her episode 43. So listen to that. So you'll see what I mean. But also, um, I wanted to consult with her on traveling my roots because she hadn't, you know, heard about it. She'd be a fresh eye on my ideas. I wanted to get some of her thoughts input as a storyteller and just how I'm approaching things. So I was supposed to meet with her. Well, I did meet with her on, well, we were going to meet today. I don't even remember what, what does it matter? It doesn't matter. Um, but we ended up meeting Monday and I was still in Mexico on my surprise extended stay. I was supposed to leave Sunday, but I was still in Mexico. So we met the Wi-Fi where I was now staying was good. And it was really fabulous. So many great suggestions. I have an action plan, um, coming up. And also the other big news is I did put in notice at my part-time job, which I've worked for a local, um, medical center doing uh, web design. I'm a web designer. I don't know if you guys know that, but I've been doing freelance web design for a long time, but I did have a pretty cool part-time benefited gig 
for the last couple of years, which allowed me to have those benefits for the family. I put in notice, which is a big deal for me. I will be able to start my travel sabbatical officially right before my birthday in January, January 22nd of 2022 and by the way 22 has always been my lucky number so it feels auspicious to start my travel travel sabbatical January 22nd of 2022 so anyway because of that I met with her I have an action plan for after that some things I need to get lined up but one of the things I want to mention is that she suggested which makes sense I'll have a more of a solid platform for travelingmyroots.com and this audio newsletter will be that platforms newsletter and not just what you see when you go to travelingmyroots.com. I need to rename the newsletter a little bit. Does anyone have ideas? My idea so far is the Traveling My Roots audio diary. Is that a little corny though? I don't know. I thought of saying like Traveling My Roots audio log. That sounds like, what does that mean? You know, she mentioned Traveling My Roots sound bites. Anybody like that? I'm serious now. I would like some feedback, please. Can you please be creative for me? (laughs) Would love ideas about what to call that. All right, moving on. I want to also mention quickly that I'm still going to Wanderfest in March. And if you want to come and join me, I talked about this in my last audio newsletter. I'm going to be doing um, a meetup at the Museum for Free People of, about free people of color in New Orleans. And the Musée de FPC, and uh, that's on March 11th, I believe, is when I'm doing the meetup. But you can find out more if you go to wanderfest.com forward slash jet set. They are giving away, they being wonderful, are giving away two tickets to Wanderfest in New Orleans, and I think they're going to pick a winner in February, February 1st, so please jump over there and enter to win. Then you can be with me in New Orleans, which I would enjoy wanderfest.com forward slash jet set. All right. So we're at about the 10 minute mark, which is usually when I end with a few like, you know, what I'm reading, but it's story time. So like I said, you can hop off if you don't want to hear story time and why this is, this episode was called uh, Bonnie, Barbara and Bill or stay and find out. All right. Um, here we go. So and if you're going to ha- hop off, happy holidays. <laughs> and happy new year. Okay, story time. So this is my, as I mentioned, my, this was my first international trip since, um, going to the Caribbean with my dad who had passed away. We went to the Caribbean with a couple other friends on a cruise, a Viking cruise back in January, 2020, not knowing that literally we were like just squeaking one in at the last minute. Uh, and before that I had been to Brazil and Latvia in November of 2019. I also went to Bali and Singapore in September of 2019. So honestly, I packed it in right before the pandemic hit and it kind of floated me for a long time. I was like, you know what? I did a ton of awesome travel right before the pandemic and I got to spend time with my dad. Thank God. I didn't know he was going to pass away at the end of 2020. So, you know, anyway, but, but I'll say that I was ready. I was ready for an international trip. And we had planned to go to Zihuatanejo, which is literally our favorite place to go in Mexico. I've been to quite a few places. I I would say, you know, beach, beach, Mexican, Mexican beach destination. I haven't been to the interior, which needs to be corrected. (laughs) I really want to go. But um, and I will do that. So it was the first international trip. And we honestly had a bit of a rough reentry into travel. So. The trip itself was great. The Mexico part was great, but this is one for the books in terms of travel logistics. So before we left, I have to mention that we brought 
uh, my son's friend, Sean, one of his best friends, Sean, with us. Sean's in college. My son works at Starbucks. They're 20 and 21. Sean's a little older. And they're, you know, they're really tight. And we had actually planned to take Sean with us on a cruise with my dad, uh, who passed away, um, my adoptive dad, back in June, I think it was June of... 2020. That's when the cruise, Alaska cruise is going to happen. I've never done an Alaska cruise. They leave from Seattle. It's, you know, really great and easy to do from there. So, but you know what happened? There was no cruise in June of 2020. So that was the first cancellation of a trip with Sean. Then the next time we, we were thinking, okay, well, let's go to Bend, Oregon. And that was going to be for Zane's birthday in August, 2020. But Sean came down with mono like the day before. And then I slipped and sprained my ankle on the back step at Zane's little gathering for his birthday in our backyard. So I couldn't even walk or hike in Bend. So we completely canceled that trip. So that was like cancel number two with Sean. So we decided um, I had some some timeshare points that I inherited from my dad. And we can use them at this fabulous place called the Embark in Zihuatanejo. So we decided let's use them before we lose them. And we booked this trip. And we booked it quite a long time ago, like maybe 11 months ago. I don't know, 10 months ago. So that's why Sean's coming with us. And so I had this feeling like, oh, my God, is this going to get canceled again? Like we every time we try to do a ship, trip with Sean, it gets canceled. So he lives across the pass, you know, between western Washington and eastern Washington. You have to cross mountains. And it's winter. And the weather started getting really bad. And they actually started closing the pass. So this was the first travel logistics was like, Oh my gosh, we're leaving in a couple days. They're closing the pass. He can't drive over. Do I need to fly him over from some other city over on the other side, Eastern? It was kind of crazy. But we begged him to come a day early when the pass opened. He managed to like switch all his final exams and he made it across the pass. No problem. But yeah, there was this sense of like, okay, we just got to get to Mexico because we've had these problems in the past when we try to travel with Sean. Okay. So he makes it over. He spends the night. It's now Friday, the 10th of December, and we need to leave at night that night. And we're about to leave. We're getting the house ready. We've packed. It's actually been kind of fun because we have all day to get ready. You know, we're going to drive to the airport at like 1030 at night, and we have a flight that leaves at one in the morning. We decide we want to try to get it, get to the airport around 11, even though it's late because you never know, right? You never know. Might as well, it's international flight. They say you should get there two hours before. So we're like, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Even though I'm thinking it's going to be dead. There's no traffic, you know. So anyway, we're at the last hour and all that's left is to kind of like make the bed for the house sitter and, you know, clean up because we've all been throwing stuff everywhere. And it's kind of important because the house cleaner is going to arrive any minute and we need to have it in order. And my husband decides to feed the snake. We do have a pet snake. It's his pet snake. He loves snakes. My husband is a snake. Uh, I don't want to say maniac, but he, he really loves snakes. So it's a very, very small sand boa. It's actually very cute, and it lives under the sand, so you never see it. But it hadn't been fed in a while, so he was feeding the snake, and he got to, Will got distracted. My husband got distracted and left, and then I think he ate a bite of food that I had. the boys had went to pick up, and then... He realized he left the snake cage open and the snake was gone. The snake was not in the cage, which was a nightmare because nobody wants to tell a house sitter that they're staying in a house with a loose snake in it, right? 
<laughs> and I'm trying to clean up. But now what's happening is literally we are tearing apart the bedroom. Our master bedroom is becoming a war zone. We've pulled the dressers out. The TV is on the bed. All the, all the other, like anything I have is being moved around. My podcasting setup, which is in a corner, we've pulled that out. Everything's piled up. He's making me go through drawers. I'm almost exposing hidden Christmas presents. And I'm not making the bed. I'm destroying the bed. And my husband is very upset because the snake could also die if we, we can't just leave the snake. You know, it's really bad. So we've got our son looking, everybody's looking for the snake. Did it go down the hall? Well, long story short, we found it, but not before we had like three heart attacks. And I was actually really angry, like trying to not be, I wasn't verbalizing it, but I was like, why in God's name would you pick this time to not pay attention to the snake and feed it at the last minute and then lose it? So this has happened one other time in our life. But anyway, so... Thankfully, we found the snake, but it caused a lot of that like adrenaline that you don't need right before you're trying to leave for the airport. And we did manage to just put the house back together so it looked presentable. I don't even think we told the house sitter. <laughs> I don't remember. Al, if you're listening to this, um, yes, this almost happened. Uh, but anyway, so so we're like, whoa, thank goodness we found the snake. Like, thank you, thank you, thank you, travel gods. Okay, so we run out. We're now running a little late to the airport. And we have, you know, we had to talk to Al and everything. And um, then we get to the airport and we notice that there's a huge backup to going to the airport, like really bad, like insane. Like never have seen this kind of backup coming out of the entrance to where the airport starts. So we literally have to go around. We're trying to get to a parking lot. We decided to park the car and it turned out, so we get to the parking place and they're like, we're having a problem with access to the airport. We don't even know if we can get you there. And we're like, what? Turns out there was a bomb scare. Somebody left luggage unattended and they had completely shut down the airport. They would not let anybody come in. So there was a horrible backup of cars trying to pick up, drop off. It was extremely bad. So we were like, are you kidding? We can't get to the airport. We were on the, the, the uh, really kind guy who was the shuttle driver was like, I'm going to try to get you there. But it was very like, we don't know if we're going to get you there on time. And we had time still. I think we were there, you know, maybe an hour and 45 minutes before our flight. We actually arrived instead of two hours. We arrived at the parking place. So we're on this crawling shuttle that's not getting anywhere. And then my husband figures out on Twitter that they just cleared it. So at least now there's a hope, right? Like, okay, they cleared it. Can we get there? Can the cars clear out in time? Long story short, we did make it because I did make it to Mexico. We did get to the airport. There was some drama going through, um, you know, normally I'm TSA pre-check. I have global entry. We were all like, ha ha, we'll see you on the other side, Sean. But then we ended up behind Sean in line in the regular line because I didn't realize that TSA pre-check closes at 10. Lesson learned, had no idea. Um, <laughs> like, I'm Jet Set Lizette. Nope, you're just going in the regular line. So that happened. And then there were some very uh, um, weird kind of mean TSA people. Usually they're so nice at Seattle, but we all got yelled at. Anyway, just made it through that. But we were huffy by then between the adrenaline from the snake, not getting to the airport. We didn't have much time left, you know, barely making it. Then getting yelled at by TSA. I think my son and I started snipping at each other. You know how that goes. So anyway, we make it to the gate. We literally walk up. We manage to grab a little food. We walk up right when they're calling, they're boarding. So we thought we'd have all this time. 
Um, but we didn't. We walked up right when they're like, all right, we're going to start boarding. And so we're like, thank goodness we left on time um, ish. And lesson, you know, kind of reinforce the fact that you should always leave with plenty of time for the airport for international flights. And you never know, there could be a bomb scare. I have never had that happen ever when traveling, ever. That was a first. It's never happened at SeaTac like that where they completely shut the airport. So it had to happen at 11 o'clock the night we're leaving Friday night on December 10th. All right. So we get to Paradise. That's amazing. Zihuatanejo, have an incredible time, magical. I will do an Instagram story highlight. I have some more um, stories I'm going to add to my account. Um, I've been posting a lot there. Go check it out. Uh, And I mean, I could say so much about it, but I don't want to do that because this is about the travel logistics. That's a story about the travel logistics. But let's just say we loved where we stayed. I will describe some of those in the stories. If you haven't gone to Zihuatanejo, go. It's got everything you'd want there, beautiful beaches, incredible food, people are friendly, it's quiet, it's not a big, crazy, built-up Mexican resort town, that's the twin city of Ixtapa. Um, It looks like, people call it the Mexican Riviera, because it's got like mountainous hills around the water, and it's just beautiful beaches, it's amazing. Um, So there's going to be more on that later, because, yeah, so I decided to stay, because we were just kind of investigating some things, and I want, I could work remotely, right, so that was another wonderful thing, was I was able to stay, because I, I work online, and it added that flexibility, and here's the Jet Set Lizette moment, I also, of course, had miles, and when I thought, you know, I could really use a couple more days here, Um, I want to just have some time to myself, I want to check out a few more things while I'm here, I could because I have a lot of miles and points. So it was actually easy for me to hop on and look at whatever airlines, you know, fly in and out of there. I found a flight on United that was um, I was able to snag business class from Ziwa to uh, Houston, where I am now, and then first class Houston home. And it was only like 5,000 more miles than if I would have done economy. And it was low miles for Wednesday. It's always smart to do a Wednesday flight if you can. And I figured I wanted to try to fly on the 22nd. 22 is my lucky number. And maybe it didn't work out for me this time. Um, and it also was uh, lower, hopefully a little less holiday travel. I figured once Thursday hit, forget it, you know. Um, so I just grabbed that and was like, yes, thank you, premium class. Love it. Love that I can be flexible. Love that I remote work so I can just do those kinds of things. Like, hey, guys, I'm going to stay a few more days because I'm telling you, it was hard to leave. They were bummed leaving Sunday. I'm like, I'm leaving Wednesday, you know. So I was feeling good about that, feeling happy, had some nice dinners, walks, met some cool people, um, discovered some things, really, really enjoyed a few more days of downtime solo. And I moved to a smaller little condo that I really appreciated. And it was just a really wonderful, peaceful time for me. Very, very needed. I'd had some health stuff before we left and my son had his appendix suddenly removed right before Thanksgiving. So we'd had a lot of things going on. So this was just such nice downtime. So let's get to the end of the story here. It's been 15 minutes. Um, (laughs) So let me tell you what happened and what went wrong. Um, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to describe this adequately because it is the craziest turn of events. Just the way it happened was so weird. So everything went great from Ziwa to Houston. Got to the airport super early, probably way earlier than I needed to. It was very calm, very relaxing, very peaceful, unlike my departure from Seattle. No adrenaline, lots of space to spread out in the airport because I was there early. So I felt safe with, you know, masking and everybody was being cool and, you know, I ate some snacks and everything was fabulous. Got on the flight, had my business class seat, was 
in a row that, I mean, I only had one seat. Like there was one, it was a small plane. So one row on the left side was like just one seat. And then the other side was two seats. So I had my one seat by myself, felt very like roomy and nice. Noted a couple people. It was pretty empty flight. Noted a couple people kind of across from me, a couple. I didn't meet them or talk to them at that point, but I noted them. And then, you know, got off the plane in Houston. We, I had a three-hour layover. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to the United Club because I'm premium class and got a lot of free foods. So everything's still going really well. I'm getting some free snacks in the club lounge. I'm, again, able to stay away from people because Omicron is real. And I do have, I'm vaccinated and I have a booster, but I'm still like, you know what? I'm just going to go over here in my corner. So I had plenty of room, plenty of snacks, feeling great. Then went to board the flight, <clears throat> got on the flight, which was leaving at 8 o'clock p.m. Houston time. So there was some delays. It finally was like announced that it'd be 15 minutes delayed. And that was because they were waiting for some people who were needing to make a connecting flight. So they were being courteous and waiting. So that's fine. Then we finally kind of, you know, get going. I think maybe we're 20 minutes behind, but we pull out and taxi for a while. I noticed we're taxiing for quite a while, quite a while, quite a while. Then they get on the announcement, you know, pilot comes on and says, well, folks, um, actually, we just realized that one of our laboratories is broken, which I've never heard that before. One of our laboratories is broken. We can't not have a working bathroom. I think I thought he said both of them were broken, but I think it was one. So we cannot have a working bathroom. So I'm thinking to myself, how did you not notice the bathroom wasn't working before you left the, uh, you know, gate? But anyway, that was what was happening. He said, unfortunately, we're going to have to go back to the gate because we have to have the mechanics come and look at it. We are hopeful that they'll be able to fix it and then we'll be on our way. I'm like, okay. So, you know, those things happen. So we go back to the gate. So I'm like, oh, shoot, already late going back to the gate. So we're back there, we're waiting a while, waiting a while, keep waiting, time's going by, it's starting to feel like, hmm. And after a good while, I don't know exactly how long, they come on and say, well, you know, um, we're not sure about fixing it, it's still, they're still looking at everything, you know, and meanwhile, we're getting texts from United saying like, your flight is now leaving at 9.30, right? So we, it's like, okay, now it's like 8.45, 8.50, I don't know. And so they say, if you'd like to step off the plane in order to just stretch your legs or whatever, you can. So I'm like, hmm. So I'm thinking, you know what? I think I want to get off the plane because honestly, this guy had sat down next to me. Turned out he was a really nice person, but he was, he himself admitted, he's like, I'm liquored up from my last flight. So he was like forgetting to keep his mask on just because he was, you know, kind of sleepy and stuff. And he tried to eat then kind of fell asleep. So anyway, I was like, you know what? I just need some space. I'm just going to get off this flight so I can go eat some food and not worry about being, I hate sitting on the run on the, you know, sitting parked in a plane sucks. So I got off the flight and noticed that there was a big backup to do that. And the gate agent was super frustrated and like, okay, you know, you have to give me your boarding pass. And my boarding pass had the baggage tags on the back, which still might be an issue as I talk about this. Um, so I gave him my boarding pass. I've never seen it again, the paper one. I've got the electronic one, but um, everybody is giving in their boarding passes. We spread out a little bit in the area, the gate there. And then we notice that, uh, time is going by and going by. And pretty soon they tell us that actually it cannot be fixed. We're going to get a new plane. There's a plane coming from Chicago and we're going to use that plane, but it's arriving at 1045. So now my 8am flight is now at 1130. So I'm like, I mean, 8pm flight. So it's like three and a half hours delayed. So I'm like, okay. 
So um, at this point, it's time to just like figure out what to do. So I meet, oh, let me back up. Um, There was a young woman who had talked to me in the line to board the first plane and she said, wow, I really love your cheetah print leopard leggings because <laughs> I'm wearing these crazy leggings. And I said, thank you very much. And I, so I kind of noted her then. And then she came and sat by me and was like, hey, what's going on? And so anyway, we talked about all this stuff. And I'm going to get to that part of the story later. But what ended up happening with the flight is that uh, after killing a lot of time, we got on the flight. It actually was late, you know, and later to get everyone off than they thought, later to get us all on than we thought. But finally, we're on the flight. It's not leaving at 1130. Now they're saying 1150. And then they say this. So because everything has taken so long, one of our flight attendants has timed out because according to FAA regulations, you can only have flight crew work a certain amount of time. And thank God for that, right? I mean, you don't need exhausted crew flying you places. That's not good. And everybody needs to be on point and safety and all of that. So unfortunately, it had gone just over the limit for this flight crew person to stay. They had to be replaced. So they're like, we're so sorry. We're working on getting another person. They're coming in on another flight. So we have to wait for them to arrive and then we'll get going. Okay. So we're like, whoa, really? So now it's like getting later and later. Then the flight person does arrive, but now it's like after midnight and they say, you know what? We have a weight balance issue under the, you know, in the cargo space. And we're all just like, what? So they're like, we have to wait because they're reorganizing the cargo. And we, you know, as soon as we can get that sorted out, we'll, we promise you we're going to get going. Every, you know, they've been apologizing and all this stuff. So I don't even know what time it is at this point, but it's like 1230. And um, so then they say, you know, there's also a bag that's missing that is a part of our equipment we're supposed to have. We don't even know why it's missing, but we are going to get it back hopefully soon. At which point someone in premium class yells, you guys have done this before, right? Haven't you? (laughs) Yells to the front of the plane, (laughs) which I thought was funny. But anyway, so then what happened was this is the craziest part. I promise I'm at the end of the story. Um, the craziest part is this. So at the point where that's announced, all right, it's really late. It's almost one in the morning. We find out they get online and there's a guy who's been walking up and down the aisle and talking to the front staff and the pilot comes on and goes, actually, he comes out and he stands in front of us and he's like, folks, I cannot even believe I have to stand here and tell you what I'm about to tell you. Because he had said the bag actually showed up. At one point, he's like, all right, the bag showed up. We're ready to go. And they even did, like, flight crew check, all the, like, sounds, you know, the, like, boop, bell goes off. We're like, all right, we're actually leaving. We're all exhausted, we, you know. And we've been sitting there a long time. And then we don't leave. And there's a person walking around, and they're talking at the front. And then the pilot comes out and says this. Folks. We were all closed and ready to go. The the jetway had been removed from the plane, but we have a passenger who is insisting on leaving the plane. So we have to get somebody to come back and put the jetway back up. And because it's taking time to do that, another flight crew member has timed out. If we would have just taken off 
we would have been just within that limit, you know, if they hadn't been for the cargo stuff and the bag and all that, right? They were about to leave, but everything kept getting delayed. Another person timed out and there's no crew to replace them. So we don't even know what's going to happen now. And we found out later that that they did explain to this person who wanted to get off the plane that by them leaving, they were essentially causing the entire flight, like the rest of us to get stranded. I don't really know what that passenger was thinking. I think they just, someone overheard him say that he was like, I'm going to get stuck here. And maybe my taxi driver later that night when I told him the story said, maybe it's someone who started having like a fear, like everything's gone so wrong, one thing after another, maybe this flight is doomed or something. And I'm not going to lie. I had a minute where I was like, man, should we even stay on this flight with all this stuff? Like, is it going to make it to Seattle? Like I even had that thinking. So when the taxi driver said that, I thought that's possible, you know, that's possible. But whatever it was, this person panicked and was like, get me off this plane now and wouldn't change their mind. And they, even though they knew that it might cause a major problem for the rest of us, they left the plane. They demanded to get off the plane, in which they can't, I guess they can't tell them not to. I mean, they're a paying customer. So they can't hold them against their will. So it caused the second flight attendant to time out and they couldn't replace the person and the flight got canceled at like 1.30 in the morning after it's not funny. Um, and so we were like, what? And so we all had to get off the plane and we all had to get in line to get rebooked, you know? And you know how that goes. Like big crowd of us crowding around the desk of really beleaguered um, gate agents now in the middle of the night trying to deal with upset people. So I tried to stay super nice and chill. Um, and I was fortunate. And now I'm going to switch to the part of the story where I tell you what went right. And if you're still listening, kudos to you because this is like, you know, I don't know why you're still listening, but I'm just practicing some storytelling. So what went right? And I promise the story's going to get good now. Um, what went right? Well, on the first United flight, when I was coming from Zihuatanejo, United, giving them some props here, they gave a box of snacks to those of us in premium. And the I'm gluten-free. I've been gluten-free since 2007. Um, I really can't eat it. It's bad news. So anyway, I got the box of goodies. Usually I can't eat most of it. And all of it, and it was the same for everyone, was gluten-free. Really remarkable. I actually noted it to the person. I was like, this is amazing. I've never had this happen when I'm traveling that the food provided for everyone is all gluten-free. And it was a lot of it. It was a lot of snacks. I had like six different things. I took a picture of it. <laughs> Maybe I'll put it somewhere. Maybe I'll put it in this episode on the on the uh, online newsletter. Maybe that'll be the photo, the, the gluten-free snacks. Um, it'll make no sense, but yeah, why not? So I had those to eat off of during this whole debacle because I wasn't really that hungry on that flight. So I had, I kept reaching in my bag and pulling out another gluten-free snack. So thank you United for that. It was really helped me through this craziness. Also being in business class meant the club lounge, which is why I hadn't been so hungry, you know, earlier between, you know, in Houston, I got to spend a lot of time in the club lounge. Unfortunately, when all this went, well, I'll tell you about that in a minute, but I wasn't able to spend time in the club lounge. It closed at a certain point, you know, but anyway, it was great. And then another good thing was I'd brought like an extra shirt. I actually checked my bag, which I never do. I always travel just to carry on. I always have it with me. But I was bringing back, since I stayed longer, I brought back some Christmas gifts. And I had like a beach bag type thing that I put them in. And I thought, well, it's all right. I'll check my bag. I'm premium class. It's free. So I'll check it. And 
you know, of course, that's when you need your bag because you're doing an overnight hotel stay. Um, but I had done some last minute things where I thought, you know, I should throw my deodorant in the bag and I'm going to throw this Advil in my carry on. And I threw an extra shirt in because I was being silly about like, do I want to wear this other color shirt? Well, I'm really glad because now I have a change of shirt. And so I'm actually pretty good. I had some things in my care in my little like little tote bag that were very helpful. So that was good. And, you know, my bag, speaking of my bag, it made it to Seattle. It made it on the earlier flight that I almost, I thought about trying to book. There had been a 6.30 p.m. flight, but it was more miles. So I hadn't done it. Way more miles. Um, But my bag went on that flight when all this got delayed. So my bag will be there when I arrive. I don't have to wait for that. It's not lost. It's already there. Um, Other good things I had bought, I had decided sort of like in a silly state of mind to bring these amazing spicy tortilla chips from the from a market in Zihuatanejo, I, I brought them and they were in a bag. Um, and uh, anyway, I used the bag as a shower cap because I have these long braids installed and you can't deal with that. I was like, oh my God, I'm here. I can't take a shower. Oh yes, I can. I brought this extra stuff. So I wrapped my hair up in a, in a plastic bag. Um, I brought my mic, which I'm using to record my little portable mic. So, hey, I'm using it to record now. But the best part of what went right is Bonnie... Bill and Barbara. And Bonnie, Bill and Barbara were, well, Bonnie was the young woman who mentioned, you know, talked to me about my cheetah pants in the line and later came up to me when we first got off that first plane and said, can I sit over here? Or she said like, hey, I'm going to join you. And at first I was like, well, don't get too close because I need to eat and I need some space. You know, I was practically like, just can you sit a little over there, you know, taking off my mask to eat. But then we like ended up hanging out and she's so great. She's 21 traveling from Houston. She lives in Houston or in Texas. She was traveling to visit her boyfriend who lives in the Tacoma area. He's in the military and she was super cool. And it turned out she was born in Panama, like all this cool stuff. Then Bill and Barbara, Barbara and Bill, they were the ones who were on that Ziwa flight that I noticed earlier. And so they were like, hey, they had seen me when getting on the plane went before all this happened getting on the second plane they're like oh you're you're doing Seattle also huh and I'm like yep you know so we'd kind of chatted well now when we all got off that first flight we all hung out together and it turned out it was crazy we had so many things in common Bonnie and Barbara were dancers I'm a dancer Barbara is a travel agent for the last 40 years Bonnie's obsessed the young one with travel she is going to study abroad in Italy in the next year, and I studied abroad in Italy. She speaks fluent Spanish. She grew up with a Spanish-speaking mom. I grew up with a French-speaking mom. Um, the, the, the commonalities went on and on. It was kind of crazy. And we were, like, swapping photos and showing, you know, telling stories and told them about the travel podcast. And she's like, oh, my God, that's what I want to do is travel the world. And, like, you know, we just had this great time. Bill was great. He's an engineer. Um we talked about Zihuatanejo, like we actually super bonded and we all had like snack dinners because we try, all tried to go to the United Club, found out it was closed. We hiked all over together and then we came back and found one little convenience store open in the airport and bought snacks and ate like odd and odd dinner together instead of our premium class dinner. They were all in premium class. But um, and so anyway, the point is we bonded. We had a great time. Bonnie, Bill, and Barbara. And when it all went to hell in a handbasket, Bonnie hasn't done a lot of travel alone. And so I got to kind of be a moral support for her. And, you know, honestly, um, they ended up having not as good of luck with, as I did. They had to get on a really early 6 a.m. flight and 
there, you know, they did, they did not get to keep their premium class. It's holiday travel. That's what was so hard about this is it's really hard to rebook when you're right outside of Christmas. And, um, Bonnie was needing to figure out her bags were, where were her bags? There was an issue. They might be lost. So I went with her, even though I could have just left and gone on a taxi ride back. I've got taxi vouchers. I got a hotel and I got lucky with a nonstop keeping my premium class tonight. I had to wait longer, 24 hours to go home or less than 24, but they, you know, she wasn't sure where her bags were. And so I went with her to baggage claim. I just decided to hang out for a while longer till like two 30 with them. And Barbara was trying to sort out their flights because it was kind of a mess on their end. But um, so we all got to be supportive for each other. And we're all like now uh, connected on social media. And I'm going to check in on Bonnie later today. And um, I feel like I've made some really great friends. And so overall, I feel really fortunate. You know, I ended up in a hotel. I got five hours of sleep, unlike my friends who did not get to sleep at all. Um, I'm still in first class, still on a nonstop. And I have time to do this episode I'm going to be home before Christmas. It's supposed to snow and I'm going to pull in before all that. So that's fortunate. I did have to reschedule a couple things, but that wasn't a big problem. And, um, you know, for me, I want to just say, and thanks for listening for all of this. I have no idea if this was interesting to anyone, but it was fun to tell the story. I want to say that even with all those twists and turns, you know, I had someone tell me like, oh my God, my worst nightmare. Like, I'm so sorry this is happening to you. You know, I just feel really fortunate. Like, this is the thing about travel. Like, you have to be flexible. You have to roll with the punches. And there was, the man sitting next to me, remember that man who I said at first, I was like, oh my God, he doesn't have his mask on or whatever. He turned out to be this amazing man who was laughing with me, joking with me about it, who had this great attitude, who walked off the plane and thanked the travel staff, the flight crew. He's like, you know, guys, I know this has been hard for you tonight too. And I just really want to say, hang in there. Thanks so much for being here for us. He like said the nicest stuff to them. He was right in front of me. And I, so I thank them also after him, but it was so refreshing to hear him say that because all around us, people are upset. They're disgruntled. They're, you know, some are just like visibly angry, but not saying anything. Some are actually getting snippy. You know, everybody's tired and it's understandable. We all have to wait. It's like most people are trying to be patient, you know, But this guy went out of his way to be positive. He smiled at people. He laughed. He said to me like, well, I was overdue for this to happen. It's been a while since I've had a travel debacle. You know, it's always supposed to come down the pike. And I was like, yeah, so this is your fault, huh? It's like, (laughs) he's like, yep. And then I joke because I'm like, it's your karma. And then I joke later because I realized, no, it was probably me because I'm the one who, you know, whatever. We were joking about like, oh, no, it's me because I planned. I thought I'd just get home quick and you know, book it on the 22 day that had to be proven wrong or whatever. So we're laughing about it. And then when we get to the hotel late at night, he showed up late too. It was like three in the morning. We're checking in here and he had nice things to say to the staff. And so I just watched him and was like, he's my hero because he is just going with the flow. He He's not fighting it at all. Talk about acceptance and surrender. And so I just felt like that was such a gift to watch him. And that's how I strive to be too. And I mean, overall, I didn't, I never yelled at anybody. I never got snippy. I mean, I was disappointed, but in a little bit at first, I was tired. I think that's most of it is just, you get tired. You're like, Ooh, this is exhausting. I'm just like, I'm up way too late. But honestly, I loved meeting Bonnie, Bill and Barbara and the random guy who is may or may not have a B name, B starting word name, but it was just like connection and positivity in the middle of the maelstrom, you know, and 
I also really count my blessings. Stuff goes wrong, but like I said, I had a lot of things go right in spite of this. So even though, it, you know, people are like, oh, we're so sorry. This is such a nightmare for you. I'm like, it's kind of not. It's not a nightmare. And now I'm recording from a hotel. What the hell? You got to make the best of it, you know? And um, it's when things go wrong that you really connect with other people if you open up for that because you bond over things, you know? And so now I have three new friends, Bonnie, Bill, and Barbara. What was I going to call this episode? I guess it's Bonnie, Bill, and Barbara. I was going to do it Bonnie, Barbara, and Bill, but whatever. All right, I am really rambling now, and it's been way too long of an episode, so thanks for listening. Happy holidays. Whatever you're doing, I hope it's wonderful, and happy new year, and here's to travel in the new year. I mean, you know, and also it was travel during a pandemic. I will not lie. It's hard to have a mask on that long. It's hard to deal with that extra level. I am trying to still stay away from others and not get Omicron. And, you know, my mask was incredibly uncomfortable. But um, here's to travel despite these obstacles in 2022. Let's do it, y'all. Let's do it safely. Let's do it calmly. Let's do it with grace. Let's be kind to each other. Let's remember that the people who work the flights, they have it just as bad as us when time goes, when things go wrong and time is all screwed up. Um, so here's to lessons learned and yeah, I'm gonna be glad to sleep in my own bed tonight. I need a nap already. All right. With that, I'm signing off open to all feedback, like including, excuse me, please don't do long travel stories. And for those of you who stayed till the end, thank you for listening. Would love to hear what you think and, um, wishing you all the best.